Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now. UMFM. This is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Elson kicking things off for us tonight from the new album Styles Makes Fights. That's local rapper The Gumshoe Strut with maybe one day brand new out today. Uh, We've got all sorts of music for you, but uh, we've also got a great interview that I recorded yesterday with uh, 
Nick Bersch, who is a uh, Swiss jazz musician and composer. And we had a really fascinating discussion about his new record, Entente, which is out on ECM Records. I played some selections in the past uh, from Bersch, uh, particularly on Expansive Night. Prairie Skies, the uh, the overnight show that I do. Uh, before we get to that interview, I've got uh, two new tracks. Yesterday was Earth Day, and uh, I was uh, privy to a song that was supposed to be released yesterday that I'm going to play today just because my show lands on a Friday. It's called No More Pipeline Blues on This Land Where We Belong. Uh, features Indigo Girls, Bonnie Raitt, and uh, incoming U.S. Poet Laureate Joy Harjo, amongst others. Uh, so I'm going to play that. And then from the, the title track to the new EP from local act Jay Wood, Some Days, which uh, comes out on Captured Tracks this week. So uh, we've got that and then my interview with Nick Berch. This is the same water that was here when dinosaurs were here. There is no new water. This is the only water we will ever know. This is the same water that my great ancestors drank from and harvested our wild rice upon.
story fed by generations. You carry songs of grief, triumph, thankfulness, and joy. Feel their power as they ascend within you. As you walk, run swiftly, even fly into infinite possibility. Let go that which burdens you. Let go any acts of unkindness or brutality. Let go that which has burdened your family, your community, your nation, or disturbed your soul. Let go one breath into another. Pray thankfulness for this earth we are, for this becoming we are, for this sunlight touching skin we are, for the cooling waters we are. Listen now as earth sheds her skin. Listen as the generations move one against the other to make power. We are bringing in a new story. We will be accompanied by ancient and new songs and we'll celebrate together. Nebe, gizage igu, gimi guachewenemigu, gizuenemigu. Nebe, gizage igu, gimi guachewenemigu, gizuenemigu.
Well, his latest album is called Entente. It's out on ECM Records. We've played some of the tracks from it in the past here, but I'm joined by Nick Berch to talk about it. Welcome, Nick. Welcome. Great pleasure to be on your show, Michael. So uh, this is a solo record. And right. finds you kind of re-examining some of the stuff you've done in, in a group setting. Uh, well, I that's correct. But in, in my music, you know, I've constantly changed these kind of basic modules, these pieces that have a clear idea but then I vary them and of course when I so play solo I can go wherever I like while in the band we have a clear concept to figure that compositions out so I was going to ask you about that like were you was there like a conscious decision with Entente that this would be like I'm going to do this solo or did that come about as like you know some sort of like you just kind of found yourself digging into some of these modules on your own and thought this is a record well, it's a bit the concept of digging that constantly on my own also at home. Uh, and, you know, I played also a lot of solo, but I focused mainly on band work because I love working bands. Mm -hmm. And as you know, to really develop with bands, this takes a while. You need to play a lot, to rehearse a lot. We even installed a club here where we uh, regularly meet every week and play together. So the band development is very important for me. But on the other hand, of course, I'm also a, a pianist and play solo from time to time. I had played more and more, also did tours solo and had a great, uh, interesting project with a visual artist uh, that premiered in London at the Barbican. And so this solo playing became also more interesting, resonated more and more. And I wanted to uh, give me also space after several uh, band records that showed our aesthetics and our attitude to show that what happens when I play that alone on the piano. Do a lot of these modules first come about as solo explorations or, or compositions and then you take them to the band or like are these things often birthed with the rest of the band members in kind of like spon spontaneous or like rehearsed settings? No, usually I really compose them. I play a lot on the piano, but also on the drums. I'm, I'm kind of a hobby drummer also. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I develop a lot of stuff rhythmically, you know, patterns against each other, kind of groove things. Uh, and uh, I also develop them quite essentially on the piano, also playing several layers or uh, polymeters over each other. And then I notate them or I... Uh, play them in the computer and start to compose with that also playing then the drums over it so it de depends a bit from where it comes very often there is a, a drum pattern actually uh, in the beginning and then i create usually uh, full scores with drum beats and bass lines that uh, module has a clear topic a clear idea uh, but uh, an idea and the composition that the band also feels uh, free to work with it and enjoys the playing as a you know as a groove band not only as an interpreting band but of course the work on the piano is usually uh, in the middle and is a core development instrument so always when I play something in the band I come back to the piano and also opposite uh, a lot comes from the piano into the band. I read an interview you did uh, for the last Ronin record where you talked about like repetition and groove. Right. So is that like the starting with the drum, is that to establish kind of that repetition and, and groove before anything else gets put on top of it? Yeah, you know, in composed music, especially in classical music, uh, uh, repetition is something special, although in groove music it's nor normal, right? It's kind mm -hmm. of a, a way of bringing flow into music. The groove is the essential thing to keep the music alive. Um, 
but I'm a fan of drum beats and bass lines and I always admired the rhythm sections in bands. Often I, I wanted to hear the rhythm sections alone without the soloists or the, the theme because I like the phrasing, the way they groove together, the interlocking so much. So I wanted to, to put the focus on that and develop the whole band somehow as a rhythm section. And that's why I put so much attention on the balance of the beat, on the drum beat as a, as a, a clear signature of, of uh, every piece. Uh, many of the pieces are characteristic because of the drum beat. It's a special way how the drum beat is organized. And uh, that leads to this idea of, on one hand, uh, simple repetition as, a, as a, a massage of the groove, but on the other hand, also on a complex beat balance and different kind of uh, layers uh, so that we have a polymetric, polyphonic, um, a polyrhythmic uh, sculpture finally at the end. Do you think of it as a sculpture? Like, is that how you conceive of your music? Like, ultimately, do you see it visually or like as yeah, a structure? It's, yeah, it is very visual in a way, uh, multidimensional, because you have these different layers and they need to find a certain balance in movement, right? So it's a moving sculpture in a way, but also in a way that, that should leave you space as a partner, as a listener, that you can, uh, you know, enter the piece so-called or dance with the piece in a certain way. This kind of visual aspect is very important for me. I like that and it inspires me a lot. Also uh, having influences from visual arts, the way uh, spaces are organized. You mentioned before, you know, you have a club that you, you play at in, in parts just so that you can kind of get together right. and, and work things out with the, with the band. That like opportunity to, you know, play on the regular and, and you know, hone in on a song. Right. Yeah when it comes to like thinking visually or like structurally then like, are you always tampering with the structure? Like, is this like an always an unfinished piece? And then like, is a record somehow like just like one snapshot of what the sculpture looks like at that moment, but that sculpture might change. Yeah, it, it is, it is, it changed, but it keeps its basic idea. So it was for me always important, you know, I, I played first jazz groove things until I was about 15. And then I learned to play classical music also. And then later studied, classical music, uh, uh, made a piano diploma. And in classical music, this kind of strict interpretation is very beautiful, but it's on a very small level. And in jazz, we have a lot of freedom very often, and the material is kind of there to treat. And I was looking for a third way where you have a really a respect for the balance of the different voices in the composition, and where you also have a, a, a respect for the dramaturgy in a piece that is composed and has an idea, but that leaves also to the, to the players a lot of freedom, like we know it in band work, you know, that the, the band does the job, that finally when we hear the music, we hear the band. And of course the composition is very important, uh, but it is, it's, it's just an offer to the band to develop the piece. And when we play that over decades, now the club's already existing since over 15 years, and we play really every Monday uh, when we're not on tour, uh, and these pieces can develop. They can even, you know, develop into a, a direction that we even didn't know or were not able to play in the beginning with, because we make also an experience with the material uh, in a compositional sense, but also with us as a band, the band develops. Right, like there's a, there's a relational sense, uh, exactly. like, like interpersonally. And exactly. this is something that you talked about um, in that same, that same interview. Um, you were talking about relating it to soccer uh, or to football. Right. Yeah. And that the like 
the way that a player exists in a space and then moves like either in opposition or synchronicity with another player uh is very akin to to music making for you and i have to say i was pleased to see uh an artist who was like pro sport because sometimes there's like this like (laughs) ridiculous divide between the two is seen as like opposition whereas like i think you can love both and like there are things to like take from either and share with the other yeah um i really appreciated you saying you know that there was like it's it's all interpersonal relationship, right? That's exactly. what it comes down to, and how you exist in a space or how you relate to others. Yeah, it's, maybe I you think can talk about that for. Right, I think it's also a lot about team spirit and the way that you're faster as a team. You know, when you when you're in a match, you need that certain mix of a focus, but also on relaxness and reliability in each other, so that you can out of this structure and trust create a lot of of. Uh, um, uh, surprise and and presence on the field and that we need actually in performance art a lot so for me sports martial arts that i also do and uh, music performing but also other uh, performing arts like circus or or even in fashion sometimes you have this moment of presence and uh, connection to the the audience but also to the players uh, on stage or on the field and I think for making music, this is very essential. It's a community thing and it's a, a team thing. And you, as a composer with this idea of that the composition is really a, a holy work, this is only half of the truth because it's always a team that realizes a composition, even in classical music. And I think this field is spirit from the field, uh, sports spirit in a sense is very important for bands. And I never understood why... Uh, you know, the world of music, of arts uh, should be separated from the world of, of sports and also martial arts, for example. It has really a lot to do with each other and it's very obvious and it's fun because mm. many of the processes are actually the same when we watch a game or when we watch a live band, especially in improvised or groove music. You have sometimes even similar kind of energies that you go with them, you know, that you you're surprised things are happening that you didn't expect life before. And that's why I love so much uh, the games also, not only football, that's my, my main game. I played that also myself, but, but I like this life spirit of teams. Well, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Casper who was also played right. with you in yeah. football before yeah. becoming yeah. one of your bandmates that like exactly. you had a sports relationship. Right. Yeah, exactly. We, when we were kids, I mean, I know him since we, we were kids and it's a funny story uh, because we came into the same football team and into the first band as an experiment of the music school in Zurich. They did a, They wanted to have a, a jazz and groove band and we were two of the players that, that were chosen because there were not a lot of others that could do that. And we liked that music from the very beginning when we started to play music. And so in the same week, we came into the uh, football team and, and into that band And we still play with each other and we have still high appreciation of sports and also, uh, of course, go with our local team here. And uh, we learn a lot from that. I'm I'm also releasing a book uh, soon in May that should be in North America, I think in June or July also available that talks exactly about that. Uh, We can learn a lot from each other. Sports is very important and sometimes even in education far ahead from performance training in music. The, the other thing I think that I'm, I'm seeing or, you know, thinking about this is that like so much of the 
performance is about the preparation and the practice beforehand, right? Whether exactly. it's, you know, soccer, football, yeah. rather having all these drills and, and yeah. practices. And then the game is like the band on stage after they've been, you know, yeah. rehearsing and rehearsing that like so much of it is the lead up to the actual exactly. performance and then exactly. what you're able to do because you've rehearsed. Exactly. That's that's totally the point. I admire that also good teams. They are not, not only paid together, you know, but they, they really are have a team spirit. And as we know that smaller teams that have maybe not the best and most expensive players often can win because they have a good team spirit, they have a good preparation, they have a certain way of playing together and, and using their strengths. And it's the same with bands. Uh, I love that, uh, that the team um, is not necessarily the best team is, is, the, is made out of the best players. It has to do a lot with social connections, with the, with helping helping each other, with uh, supporting each other, with criticizing each other in a good way, and with training before. And that's what is so difficult, as we know, economically, but also socially, to keep a working band really working, right? Mm. That's the reason why I founded a club, why I founded a label, uh, why I invest so much in band work, because it's so important to keep that stable and it's so difficult. We, we see it in music business, but also in sports, you know, how difficult it is to keep a good team together. And uh, that is fascinating. And as we say in sports, that's also for music, you know, uh, um, after the gig is before the next gig. So yeah. after the game is before the next game. So you have to, to know that you go over a season. That's another thing that fascinates me. It's not only the next gig, it's a season. Right. Now, so much we're talking about like interpersonal or relational kind of uh, aspects of, of the creation or the performance. Right. Then with Entendre and being like, this is so solo work, is it your own relation with yourself and your own creativity? Like, is that what you're exploring? That's, that's a fantastic question because it's exactly the same, of course, as you, as you uh, named it. Like, first of all, it's a team in the studio, right? I, I'm sitting on the piano, but we have a producer. We have a, a world-known producer who pro produced really important records that also developed in that direction because of him and his uh, contribution. Uh, ECM founder Manfred Eicher is is really a musical producer like a coach or something you know on the on the bench who gives feedback because you're on the field you 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 don't know you have not the, the overview right and uh, that's a produce a real producer and then you have the sound engineer that is more kind of the technical advisor and needs to really catch everything so this is a team already, but as you mentioned it, it's also a, a team in myself in terms of uh, entendre means really listen, but also understand what's happening uh, with your ears. And as a player, I think you're not just a, a, a player, but you're also a listener and you have different roles. You're an interpreter. I'm also the composer, but I'm also an improviser. And this connection with yourself and then especially with the music as a partner, with the instrument, with the space is a, is a, a complex interrelated um, uh, procedure. And this makes it so beautiful. But finally, it's exactly what you say. Even a solo record is a teamwork. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about the fact that like there's the team behind the boards and stuff that like right. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, this is a solo record, but you are working with others. So even that yeah, exactly. carries its own kind of level of, of relational aspects right. to it um before i let you go nick i want to get you to pick a track off of entente that we can play for listeners and if you have a reason why you're picking that one in particular or an anecdote about it uh, i'd love to hear that 
Well, I would uh, then uh, suggest that we take the first one called module 5812. That's a combination of two com uh, compositions. I usually give them a technical title like sonata or etude because the listener also has a known poetic freedom or uh, you know, intellectual freedom or spatial freedom, what you hear in the piece or what you, what you take and bring into the piece. And this first piece is maybe interesting because uh, on the band record is completely different. So I took the basic kind of patterns, like you mentioned that in the beginning of our talk uh, and work with them quite freely. And I did not know that I will develop them from the number 58 into the number 12. So that happened in the studio right on the spot. Although these two pieces have clear essential patterns, they start to, uh, go into a totally different direction. And that was actually my goal for that recording that I'm listening to the music that will uh, develop and that I accept what's coming and follow that music. So that me as a player, the listening factor is very important. And I think in that first piece of the record, uh, we hear that beautifully directly. Well, before we play that, then I do, it does beg another question. Do you think about your compositions in relation to each other? Like when you're saying, yeah. you know, you've bridged yeah. 58 to 12 here. Like, is that something that you think about yeah, when you're it's, writing? It, yeah, it's a, it's a huge cosmos. And some of the pieces influence, influence each other. And I learn a lot since I'm kind of, you know, focusing on that music that I'm composing, mainly only doing that uh, since I find that so interesting, these uh, compositional uh, strategies that I've found that uh, each piece nourishes the next in a way, which also means that they interrelate inter back and forward. And on many records, you find combinations that I did not know in the beginning, but suddenly they start to move. So the whole cosmos, uh, you know, builds itself forward. <laughs> so we go somehow uh, forward to the roots. Well, Nick Barish's Entendre is out now through ECM. We're going li to listen to module 5812. Nick, thanks very much for taking some time to talk. Well, uh, thanks, Michael. Great pleasure to be on UMFM 1.1. Uh, sorry, 1. It's 101.5. 101.5. That's it. Uh, great pleasure. And to talk about sports and uh, music and arts was really necessary. That's the yes. Uh, wh what's the book going to be called? Do you know the title for the book yet? Yeah, the book is in relation to the record called Listening Music Movement Mind. So it has a lot of uh, uh, aspects that we named before. Wonderful. Well, looking forward to that too. You said June possibly yeah. for North America.
cellist Leanne Zacharias, who uh, makes her home in Brandon, before that, Morden, Manitoba, uh, with Studio, a new single. The video for that, uh, done with artwork by uh, Christine Fellows. Before that, from uh, a real fantastic new compilation, or three three CD collection, uh, that's Wadada Leo Smith with Bill Laswell and Milford Graves on uh, a track called Social Justice. And we started that set off with Nick Berch and Module 5812 from Entendre. Uh, we're going to close with local artist Habs and a new single called Wildflower that just landed from Birthday Cake. Uh, keep it locked. After 8 Radio coming up next. So real, you might think it's fair. 